You and your dog are a team. Fuel is best in the field and in life with Purina Pro Plan Sport. Made for hardworking dogs of all ages, every sport formula starts with real meat as the number one ingredient and is specifically formulated to support strength and stamina. Try it today and see why ProPlan is the official dog food of Ducks Unlimited. Learn more at ProPlanSport.com. Everybody, welcome back to the Ducks on the Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Jennings. I'm your host, Dr. Mike Brazier. My name is John Gordon. I'll be your host. And I'm your host, Katie Burke. Welcome to the Ducks Unlimited Podcast, the only podcast about all things waterfowl. From hunting insights to science-based discussions about ducks, geese, and issues affecting waterfowl and wetlands conservation in North America, we bring the resource to you, the DU Podcast. We're joining you on this episode again from Ducks Unlimited's 85th National Convention in New Orleans, Louisiana. We took the opportunity to record several episodes while we were down here connecting with some of the people that are involved in the organization. And on this episode, I'm happy to welcome Mike Binge and Patty Kempka to us, uh, to the to the podcast. And for the introductions of each of these individuals, I'm going to turn it over to them. Mike, I'm going to start with you. Tell us who you are and your association and involvement with Ducks Unlimited. Oh, I'm Mike Bidge. I am born and raised here in New Orleans. Um, I am the 85th Ducks Unlimited National Convention Chairman, which is really just a title role. <laughs> uh, Patty and her staff do all the work. So. Uh, and I'm also the newly elected Senior Vice President of Development. I'm a past state chairman from Louisiana, and I am still active on my local New Orleans committees. So I put on the sponsor events. So I've been doing a lot of banquets and fundraising for DU for a long time. So, and that's where I am right now for this particular day. Care to share how many years you've been involved with Ducks Unlimited? I, I went to my first DU banquet in 1972. That makes me a 50-year DU member. I joined the New Orleans committee in 1978. Wow. I won't tell you if I was born in 1972. Uh, I've got not. a feeling you were not. <laughs> <laughs> and maybe not even Patty, you know. Oh, I was. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, I've got a grandchild too. And, and Patty, introduce yourself to our audience and what you do for Ducks Unlimited. Thank you. Um, my name is Patty Kampka, and I'm the Senior Director of National Meetings and Conferences for Ducks Unlimited. So I'm a staff member here at DU. And... You're underselling what you do for the I organization, do. and for the, so tell us tell us what that entails. I, I'm I'm kind of like the utility player. I put on all meetings. Our team does, so we do everything from um, committee meetings, uh, board meetings, meetings with Wetlands America Trust, and to our national convention, which is our biggest gathering of volunteers. And that's where we are here. We're on the final day of our 85th National Convention. It's been a great week. We wanted to take this opportunity to give our listeners, our members, a, a slice of what this week is about, but also from a, from a sort of a, a larger uh, altitude, what national conventions are, how long they've been around, why we do them, why they're important to the organization, why they're important to our members, to our volunteers. Mike, I want to direct this first question to you. You've been involved in these for a number of years. 
for those that haven't attended national convention that may not be familiar with it, why do we do these? What's their significance within the organization, both kind of business, legal-wise, but then also to our members and, and volunteers? That's that's a great question and a great great point. Um, our, our our bylaws require that we have an annual meeting, that we have an annual gathering of state trustees and delegates to certify and approve the business of Ducks Unlimited. Most of the business is conducted by the board of directors uh, and takes place at the different board meetings and committee meetings throughout the year. And so we come together to ratify those those actions, to hear reports again, uh, and we and it's really, really great reports. But business wise we have to we have to have elections and we have to certify the business of the organization. That is the main focus. And on top of that, when we get together at these things and we've come in, we've had we've had more committee meetings, we've had a board of directors meeting, and we've had two days of annual business meetings where we not only get reports from the chairman of the board, the president, the CEO, we get some great, great conservation messages. And we also get some, as you saw today, some some outside perspective from corporations. Um, and, and that stretches over five days. I mean, we, you know, we... The stuff with Warren Coco last night. What what a success! And guy guy gives up a job and and goes into debt and and look at what he's done. He's been the longest active uh, advertiser in the Ducks Unlimited magazine. And it's and as he said last night. I don't know. I laughed when he said, you know, when we said on the film that you know, well, the motors he originally built were not the ones he's building and selling today. The truth of the matter is I bought my very first five-horsepower Go Devil, brand new, $300. Wow. (laughs) You couldn't get one today for that, could you? (laughs) And that thing lasted me 18 years, and I hunt. And I hunt like there's no tomorrow, you know. So I used that thing and I ran that thing till it was just gone. But anyway, so but you get all of those perspectives. And then from the volunteer side, they have volunteers from all over the country, from Ducks Unlimited Canada, from Ducks on Dumac. So you get a, a great, great transfer of ideas, new new ways to maybe approach things. The success stories you hear, the conservation success stories that we do, the work we're doing on the coast of Louisiana that Jerry Holden went through, the sustainability that Dr. Karen Waldrop talked about. I mean, these are the things when when you leave this convention as a volunteer, if you're not ready to go home and go back to work to raising money so that we can put more habitat on the ground, that we haven't done our job. And I have never, ever left a national convention or a state convention or a board of directors meeting or just a committee meeting where I didn't leave fired up and charged up to continue doing the work that I've been doing quite a while now. <laughs> so, Mike, you mentioned the state conventions. We had an episode earlier this year where we 
we visited with, uh, with with our president at the time, our first vice president at the time, Chuck Smith. And of course, Chuck here this week has ascended to the president. And Doug is now Doug Schoenrock is now our chairman of the board. But we spoke about state conventions and their role in celebrating our volunteers, celebrating the accomplishments at the state level. We do a lot of that here at this at this convention as well. A lot of awards are given out to chapters to states. Talk about that a little bit. Yeah, well, it is. The, the, and we recognize, this is the other thing, we recognize the great work that volunteers have done from the, from the state side, the different, different levels. You know, we give a lot of awards, and when they do these things, they want to make sure everybody gets recognized. So, so you have things like, uh, well, those percentage of, of new members and things of that nature. But it all works out together because the, at the end of the day, to be successful, we have to continue to grow. And so you have to grow your event-based volunteers, you know, system, and you have to grow your major donors. And so, as uh, senior vice president of development, that's a that's a big concern. And when you think about where we are as an organization, we're, we've just come out of probably the bleakest time as far as the overall country and the system with the COVID, the shutdown, uncertainty about and what yet, it was going to mean to everything. yeah, and yet we had a record breaking financial years because our volunteers they, they they reorganized they came up with innovative ways to raise money when we couldn't have meetings um, our major donors stepped up in a big big way I mean just uh, you know when, when we were you know I'm a numbers guy and so when we were recognizing the state campaign chairs and, and the committees and what happened. So you've got two two components. You've got new life sponsors. And those numbers, you know, were frankly disappointing. But if you think about how our systems work, when we don't get together, we don't have sponsor events, we don't have state conventions, we, you know, everybody's shut in, you don't have that chance to ask those people to step up to that next level unless you've got a very, very good state campaign committee. So we didn't have as many of those numbers on the flip side, our numbers of upgrades were phenomenal. But that's because our major donors who were already life sponsors or diamond life sponsors, they stepped up and helped when DU was shut in. And so that's why you have a background. And so, you know, I was sitting there and I was looking at it and then I did send a text message to Bob Dew and Aaron Brown, who are my two Louisiana DODs, and Amber Morrow, who was going to be our, who is our state campaign chairman. I said, guys, but the way these numbers are, we are going to have such an easy time going back <laughs> to number one. It's going to be like hunting ducks over a beta pond. <laughs> Not that I've ever done that. <laughs> You've but, just been told. But it, it, it's going to be, I, I'm so excited, you know, um, but, and then I met with the guys from Wisconsin a couple of weeks ago, and they were here. Minnesota was well represented, the major donors. So from my point, as I'm looking at it, I, I, I mean, I may be looking at things differently than everybody in the audience, but I'm looking at the whole overall picture. And I'm looking at what what is the potential for us for next year? What, what are we going to look like next year? And we've changed the calendar around a little bit as far as how we're, how we're working, but... I, I just see great, great things in the future. So I'm again. I'm here, and I'm charged up again. You're a little bit excited with with the, <laughs> with the opportunities that are there, and I know you know. I and the, when you see the videos and, and the, 
the work we're doing on the prairie. And, and look, what we do is science-based. And when Dr. Steve Adair is getting up there and he's, and he's, and he's charting the snowfall, and, and, and you're, you're a waterfall biologist sure. by trade. So, I mean, you've, you know, you and I talked about this in Louisiana yeah. at the state convention. It's not going to happen overnight. Right. But we're in a, we've been in a dry spell. And, and so that's been an effect on the duck migration. He, people here in Louisiana think Missouri's got all the ducks. They've and been my, down the past And my few good years friend well. Jeff Churin, who was senior vice president of CPC under Peter Coors, you know, he's coming down here looking for the ducks too because he doesn't have any Missouri. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So. We'll come back to this week and some of the things that we've experienced, some of the fun times we've had here, uh, here a bit later on. Patty, these national conventions don't just happen. It takes a tremendous amount of time, a tremendous amount of work, coordination. You spearhead every bit of that. And so talk about that, generally speaking. And you can use you can use this convention as an example. But, of course, it's going to be a little different because of all the challenges that led up to it. But what goes into planning for a national convention? And then how exciting is it to know that we made this one finally happen? There was a lot of planning on this one. We started <laughs> last year. We were in May of last year, and COVID num numbers were relatively high at that time. And we had the opportunity to push it to September, which sounded like a great opportunity. And about 10 days before we were supposed to arrive, uh, the hurricane did hit. So, and it did close down... Um, the French Quarter in New Orleans, a lot of a lot of closures here. Um, even though it wasn't huge in damage, right. there was a lot of effect of, with the the wind and the wet and the rain. Um, generally, what we do is a year out before a convention happens, we sit down and we look. You know, w w what story can we weave in this city, in this area, in this region that we're going to? Um, that's exactly what we did here. You look at your partners in the area like Tabasco and Warren um, Coco and, and everybody else who, who rather, like, rather, rather outdoors. outdoors. I mean, there there are so many of our, our DU friends who are in this region. And you look at you look at the stories you can tell on, on our conservation mission in this area and what we do and what we do for the coast and the erosion of Louisiana. And we sit down and there's a very small group of us and we sit down and we kind of plan it out. What are we going to tell? What You know, when we bring people to convention, we want to inspire them and we want to inform them. And our two-day business session does just that. It inspires and informs. So um, you put a nice little mix of, of, um, of telling them about the area, telling them about the ducks. And you might, you might uh, look at a species of duck uh, that is, is uh, something that you find all over this area. We didn't do that this time because our story in the conservation mission was so strong here. But... Um, you know, we, we start a year out and then we we get building. And we're a small team. We have three people on the team. And um, Dan Thiel, uh, the executive secretary, is ahead. But, you know, we're pretty nimble. We, we kind of repeat the same things as far as we do a dinner one night, we do this that night. But we always, you know, my thing is you can be in any city, but I don't want you to think when you're in the ballroom here, I want you to know you're in Louisiana. I don't want this to be any old ballroom in any city. And that's what we try to do. 
so this year in particular, this is the first time that we've had a national convention in what three years? The yeah. the pandemic caused a since, cancellation. Since Hawaii, Hawaii, in which 19, would have been twenty nineteen, and that was a good one. That was that, a it lot was of very, fun. That was very good. That yeah. was that was outstanding. That was, you know, we talked earlier about some of the old surveys I've seen and in in DU surveying where you where we've been, where would mm-hmm. you like to go back? Where would you like to go that we haven't been? You know, they've they've asked that in the past, and um, you know, but the. The last time that I was on that task force, that the, Alaska was number one, Hawaii was number two, New Orleans was number three. And, you know, we went back to Hawaii, and I thought we would never do that after the last time because of the, the participation yeah. the very first time because it's so hard to get there. It's expensive. And Patty can talk about the mm-hmm. logistics on how she tries to plan these so people can't afford to go. But... The attendance was excellent in Hawaii. It was, and the one neat thing about Hawaii is 33% of the people who came, a third of the people who came to Hawaii were first-time convention wow. attendees, which is amazing. It is. And I'll tell you, if you come to one DU convention, you're going to get hooked. And, and a lot of these folks come year after year. We say they'll follow us anywhere. So one of the things that I wanted to talk, have you talk about is... I think what you're hinting at there when people come to these things, they have so much fun. One of the reasons they have so much fun is like it's a a tremendous family reunion. I could feel it the moment I walked in. I see the people I know. I see the Ducks Unlimited logos on every shirt that people are wearing. Talk about that. What does it mean to you as a staff member to see that? And then Mike, as a as a volunteer, knowing we're, we're around our family, it's a huge family reunion. Yeah, absolutely. And I'll tell you, when when the attendees start, we get there a little bit earlier and we're, we set up and do our, do our thing. But when the attendees start to come, I, I couldn't get the smile off my face because I saw people that I don't normally see. I see our board members and I see people who are committee members, but those people who are attendees that just come to our national convention year after year after year, and it was wonderful. And to have an opportunity to to gather um, either in hospitality in the evenings or in our gathering center around merchandise was was a great way to spend a day and just to catch up with people who you haven't seen in a long time. I've talked to several people while I, while I was here that I, I think it was their first national convention, they were blown away. There are people that have invested in conservation organizations of other types uh, throughout their career. And they, they were saying there's just something different about this. There's something different about the family atmosphere that they feel. I think it has to do at least to some extent with the migratory nature of the birds that we're conserving because the birds literally do, through their biological annual cycle, connect people and landscapes from the Arctic Circle all the way down to the Yucatan Peninsula and farther down. Mike, do you think there's something to that? I, I definitely think that. And the other thing I, I think, and, I, you know, my, we went to Hawaii. I had most of my family there. Um, my uh, my immediately family, my, my, my two daughters, uh, the, the, almost two of the grandchildren. Not, we didn't take the two youngest grandchildren simply because we wanted to, you know, there's a lot, of, a lot of expense, but and they wouldn't have enjoyed it. But the two older ones had a ball, you know, uh, and, I, and I smile about that because you know through the years we've taken the kids with us to 
my two daughters went to San Antonio. That's right after Joan got elected, you know. Mm-hmm. So that's that was the big thing, you know. And the paper here said, "Oh, well, oh, we're going duck hunting in, in San Antonio." No, we weren't going duck hunting. We were going to the Ducks Unlimited National Convention. But uh, Martell's family—they've got about twelve oh, here, yeah. twelve here this year, you know. So, so it's a family affair, and you can do it. And a lot of people do plan, you know their vacations around the National Convention. You know, it's a little expensive in terms, if you think of it, oh, it's $450. But if you think in terms of what you get for $450, yeah. oh, yeah. I mean, you've had three meals, you know, three at dinner dinners, in yeah. New Orleans. We had Bloody Marys and beignets at break well, this we morning. We did, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> in a couple Everybody of was... <laughs> Everybody was blown away by that. You know, <laughs> I had Bloody Marys at my state convention in 05. And I hope that's not an omen because that was not <laughs> oh, yeah. such a good year after yeah. that. No, no. <laughs> but we had Bloody Marys before the meeting. We had <laughs> and to get up with a set of coffee and donuts, we had Bloody Marys out there. And uh, hospitality suite every night. There's yeah. so every many night. things that yeah. go on. There's so many opportunities to interact with people and mm-hmm. to learn about the people that share your passion, our passion for this conservation uh, conservation mission. I do want to talk about this week in particular. It was spectacular. This was my first first national convention. I thought it was so spectacular. First time it was my, <laughs> yeah, that's right. I was first timer. I've been to DU events before, but of course, never a national convention. And this is one that I didn't want to miss because having lived in Louisiana for 13 years, I knew I would see a lot of the people that we came to know and love being around for this mission. And and I don't I don't have any regrets. You know, I'm so glad that I was able to be here. Um, talk about some of the highlights of this week. Mike, I know you put a lot into this as sort of the, the, the local organizing, uh, the chair of the or- local organizing committee. Uh, talk about some of the events that we had and how pleased were you with how they uh, how they unfolded. Start with this, the... Uh, this, let me just say this <laughs> about the convention. I had very high expectations for this convention. We far exceeded those expectations. We threw out our having a redfish tournament and we called it a redfish tournament and it was really just a chance to get people out and we were thinking maybe 80 people we'd be mm-hmm. lucky if we got 80 people to come in early and, and go fishing we actually had 95 anglers paid for we had 24 licensed captains to take out well only turned out to be 94 people that went out because my buddy J.O. went I'm going to get this on tape here. <laughs> Please do. He, he kind of missed his wake-up call. Yes, he did. Oh, no, I didn't know that. <laughs> oh, yeah, he did. <laughs> so, but, you know, even still, to to get 94 people out of this hotel at 445 uh-huh. on a Tuesday morning, you know, coffee, donuts, get them down to Shell Beach, get them off, get them on boats where we've already got drinks waiting for them with the captains to take them out, get them back, get the fish clean, get get everybody fed, and out of Shell Beach before the rain happens, and not lose anybody. No, nope. as I was told, not to lose anybody. Nope. <laughs> nope. And Very uh, and we did, and so that was great. That was a great kickoff to that to the beginning of this week. And then come back on Wednesday, and Wednesday was the opening night with the roadkill cook-off. And when we started talking about the convention in New Orleans, we all knew that we were going to duplicate, or we were going to try and duplicate. And a lot of people said, 
man, I don't know how y'all were going to do pull this off. I mean, this, you know, it's one thing to do it for 400 people. Yeah. It's another thing to do it for a thousand right. people. Right. And um, so this was going to be our bellwether was yeah. that Wednesday, Wednesday. And I know when, when I took Patty out there very, very first time to Mardi Gras World, and told her this would work. And she stood out there on that that concrete, and that tent was torn. And yeah. she, I could see her looking at me like, I'm not sure Mike's really right in there. <laughs> <laughs> and right. then as we talked to the people, and you know, since we had so much time, and we did it one time, and then we had to cancel, and, and then they were... They were struggling with COVID too. Right. I mean, they they wanted us bad. Yeah. They, yes, they did. And they were and they were much more willing to work with us um, than than which helped make it all work together. Oh yeah, because yeah. you're bringing your food and beverage into their their yeah. spot, you know, yeah. and and um, just uh, Mike did a great job. And how many volunteers did you have for the fishing tournament? Uh, about twenty. Twenty Plus, volunteers. And you yeah. had some staff members that showed up. Sure. My my RDs and my DOD were out there, and then we had Karen and Jim. With shepherding. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which I'm sure they didn't do very well. But <laughs> they, 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 they got them all there. They, they got them all there back. There you go. But, but if you can imagine getting that many people oh, yeah. up in the morning, out of the hotel by 5 a.m. on a bus, having their fish frozen, it's sitting in the freezers at the hotel. And when they check out tomorrow, and some have already gotten theirs today, but when they check out tomorrow, they'll have their fish to take home with them. And then we had the roadkill cook-off Wednesday night. And that, right. that was and that was pretty good, wasn't it? Was. it? That was the bellwether. <laughs> that was that, that was, was that was the official start. I mean, the people came in early. They started well early, and they, they knew it. But you know, when you have those two events, when we finished Wednesday night, <laughs> I got to ride home with my grandson, and I want to commend him too. You're going to talk about volunteers. My yeah. my 18 year old grandson who made his first DU convention at two years old wow. in Orlando in 2005. Um, you know, he, he's, I've worked him like a rental mule, <laughs> but, uh, he's done great. In fact, um, you know, it's just amazing. Um, but volunteer wise, again, to put that thing on with the roadkill cook-off was the 13 cooking teams and all the volunteers they had to come out there and prepare that food. Most, most of them prepared on site. Yeah, I mean, and oh, they were chopping and yeah. everything. And they, were, I mean, and, those... and they were having a great, great time. They did, and they did. Uh, and that's what it's all about: yeah. the camaraderie from the cooking teams, and then that translates into when the people start showing up and getting off that bus, yeah. and it was just amazing. Yeah, and, and, I, and the the volunteers who were cooking, they were so excited to meet everybody from across North America who came through. And a uh, big shout out to Louisiana Seafood for, for their uh, help yes. with securing some seafood for yeah. this as well. You and your dog are a team. Fuel is best in the field and in life with Purina Pro Plan Sport. Made for hardworking dogs of all ages, every sport formula starts with real meat as the number one ingredient and is specifically formulated to support strength and stamina. Try it today and see why Pro Plan is the official dog food of Ducks Unlimited. Learn more at ProPlanSport.com.
throughout the week, we also had an opportunity for attendees to uh, to enroll in and go on various tours. I right. went. I was a staff liaison on a couple of those tours, a swamp tour, a gumbo cooking, uh, instructional kind of workshop, yeah. which was fantastic, by, yeah. the way, by the way. That was the best uh, tour. Thought you how to make a room, huh? Best tour assignment <laughs> ever, I was yeah. telling people. And I think there's some uh, walking tours today, some antique tours. There was a, a behind there's a behind the scenes music tour, right. preservation hall, I think, which I heard rave reviews about. So y'all did a fantastic job Good. giving people many opportunities to see the city, explore the sights and sounds of this great of this great city. Uh, what are some of the other things I get? Well, tonight is the is the the, the, the final is the mm-hmm. the final blow off the gala where we will. Well, tell us what's going to be going on there tonight. Hmm, I, I don't really. We're going to eat. This, We're going to eat some point, more food. All right? the things that I was responsible <laughs> for have happened. You're, you're, this done. is now uh, David Schuster <laughs> and Dan Thiel's so, baby. <laughs> right, right. So what we're going to do is we're going to have a lovely dinner for a thousand people and a live auction. And we have about 30 items on that live auction. One thing I'd love some to uniques. talk Some very unique items. One thing I'd like to talk about is Louisiana Carvers, yeah. who are a big part of this oh, convention. Yeah. And, and and, you know, we we wanted to, like I said, bring Louisiana into this hotel and, and make this um, something really special. Carving is a tradition in this area, uh, wonderful carvers from this area. So we uh, worked with Cal Kingsmill, one of the carvers, and he recruited a couple friends. And so we thought originally we'd have maybe... Four or uh, five. Yeah, four or five, <laughs> yeah. and we'd make a nice rig. Well, we had 18. Wow. And we have... Thanks to Robert Walker, volunteer oh, all. You know, Robert, Robert and, and did, Cal right. were just phenomenal. They, and, they teamed up and they got all these carvers to donate... Uh, pairs to us and we have a decorative rig we have a working rig and we have three standalone decoys uh jet Bernay and a couple other so ones jet so. Ber- uh, he's got his he told me that was the first the last competition bird he did and that's I saw some of his work down there earlier. It was all fantastic. Oh. Some of what uh, Jet and I talked about the other night was was impressive. I never, I think, I don't think I'd ever seen any of his decoys or realized that I had, but they were phenomenal. I don't think you realized the artist that the whole Brunei fam, Jet, yeah. Jude, and then the day at Tan, Tan was right. was um, amazing. And uh, and I will just mention my friend Brian. This is Brian Sheremy is a local guy down there, but he had a lot to do with the underwriting he for did. some of the this carving stuff. He so. did, and we had a beautiful display up there, and and the carvers were with us. Some displayed every every night at convention. Others yeah. would come and go, but Brian. Brian and Emily did a great job yeah, underwriting that, and so we could bring that to our D family. Again, Louisiana people are so passionate about the waterfowl, but they're passionate about things like the motors, decoys, dogs, the shotguns. entire culture. The I mean, entire culture around waterfowling you know, and all the, the conservation the, that comes. There's one the more food. quick shout out when we're talking about Louisiana people. The merchandise room was run yeah. by the Louisiana Volunteers. And most of those, not all of them, but some of them would still like to be at LSU, but were the college students and the high school students from the Springfield chapter, which was the number one high school in the nation. 
in the Tiger chapter, which I think they're a little upset about not being number one. So we'll see what happens next year. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Did we mention the hospitality room that was open every night? It I don't was, know. It was. It was crazy. That, that's always busy, a fixture busy. at the at national convention. It is. It's it's an opportunity. It's, it opens in the afternoon for you when you're done with your meetings. You can meet and greet your friends, and then in the evenings after dinner functions, we open up. We do silent auctions in there, and uh, we do raffles, and it, it's it's a good time. And the pin trading takes pin place. Trading, and the yeah. pin trading, you know, I think sometimes people lose sight of what the pin trading really was supposed to be. And, and it's not so much about collecting all 50 states, which is nice. But it's more the opportunity to meet somebody yeah. from somewhere yep. else and get to know them, but not just get a pin from them, yep. you know? So sometimes we get a little carried away with that, but it's still all good. The, the, somebody handed me a 1996 pin um, from Louisiana that they had oh, gotten. Wow. And it wasn't one of the regular state pins. Uh, we had an RD by the name of Chuck Smith. Mm-hmm. And that's what, when I tell Tony, I talked <laughs> I talked to both Chuck Smiths today. <laughs> and, uh, but, his wife, Sarah, used to do like about 50 little specialty pins. So this was like a little board with an alligator biting it, a little green alligator. So I had it up in the room and I thought maybe it was Beto's. Well, Beto would know about this because Beto was state chairman in 1995 and 1996. So um, and that's what oh, that was part I remember Sarah doing those things, you know, yeah. so she'd make those pins. But the idea, again, is to get in there and meet people. Yep. Yeah. Not it's not so much to get in there and get drunk, but you know, I'm sure we have a few people that do that. <laughs> you know, you there's find here's what that. you find. The very first night, I guess that was uh after the road kill cook off. Sure. Yeah. You know, Wednesday night. You know, um people wound up in the in the bar here at the hotel. Cause we shut the first night we shut down a little bit early because we had business meetings and everything right. to conduct. And uh, so there were some people in the in the bar there and a couple of them looked well. It's a good thing they're here, not out on the road. Yeah, <laughs> but, yeah. But as you go to the rest of it, you know, it's just about the camaraderie, meeting people, seeing people, having a ball. People like God. And, and didn't he put on a great show last night? He and Jared, Paul. Uh, oh, absolutely, Paul, Paul Dixon and Jared Brown. I knew both of them. What I didn't know is they didn't know each other. Oh, and I didn't know that so I was, Paul's on our Wetlands America Trust Board, and we went fishing in Lessel Cay, which is in northern Canada on Great Slave Lake. And Paul entertained us one night with the Boudreaux jokes or whatever you call those. And he was so funny. And Jared is just wonderful. And I thought, you know, these guys, for our our Wings Over Wetlands, our Friday night awards celebration dinner, we needed something that was... um, we needed an MC that was more than just an MC to introduce things. We needed you hit them the to ball add- out the park. Huh? We hit the ball oh, out yeah. the park. And awesome. you hit the ball out the park and it didn't cost us a dime. It didn't. We had yeah. a we had a we had a comedian somewhere, maybe it was in Alaska. I don't know. We had a comedian somewhere that wasn't so good. <laughs> no, you're right. And you never know when you get those. And we paid for that. Yeah. And they I think they had fun. And the we audience had them. fun. Absolutely. You know, so. Great, great, both great gentlemen, and you know, both from Louisiana. Jared yeah. is from LSU. He's a good old LSU boy, you know. Yeah, you know, you mentioned the 
the pin trading, this my first convention, and you mentioned that it's not so much about collecting all 50 pins. It's about an opportunity to meet people. That became really obvious to me yeah. the moment I, I got, in, got in there and people started asking me if I had the Tennessee pin because I'm <laughs> from Tennessee, work at national headquarters. And, of course, the Tennessee pins didn't arrive until like the second or third day. And it was a highly coveted pin because nobody had it. And, but it, that the byproduct of that is just as you said. You get to meet people that are from different locations, you end up talking to them about how they got involved. I think, it's a, I think it's a great thing. How long has the pin trading kind of been something I that, that think, occurs? Ooh, I don't I, know. That's been... Vandenboom, I think, told me it was like in the early 90s. Mike, Michael Patterson, how long has pin trading been going on in Ducks Unlimited? 1980. Okay, thank yeah. you. And this is the 48th convention was in New Orleans, April 23rd, to 20, in 1985. That's amazing, yeah. Michael Patterson is walking by. We're kind of out here in the open in a hallway, and we've had several people walking by. And this is a great opportunity for this type of uh, just sort of instantaneous additional information. So thank you for the for the bit of history there. But you know what's the, the greatest thing about the pins? I don't know if you've seen the staff at the hotel. They, oh, yeah. they have started yeah. collecting them. So our our volunteers, you know, become friends with the staff, and then they encourage them to wear their state pin. And there's a few staff members who have all but Hawaii on there. <laughs> Hawaii is always a tough one to get, but I know the DOD that's responsible for Hawaii too. <laughs> there you go. You got the inside track, right? Let's talk a little bit about next year, uh, where we're going to go from uh, from. From from New Orleans, we've already selected the location for 2023. It will be our 86th anniversary. Patty, talk a little about that. Well, we will be in Las Vegas. So we're very excited. It's been a long time since we've been in Las Vegas, Nevada. And it's May 31st through June 3rd. Um, planning will start as soon as this is done. <laughs> you don't get much so, time to rest, do you? No, take no, about but, a week off, don't you? I will take a week off. Will you go out? I, to, will you go out to Houston and be a grandmother? I, I may do that. I may go and hold that grandbaby. So, um, but yeah, and let my feet rest for a few yeah. days too. But um, really excited. There's so much to see and do there. Um, we we had a little introduction to Las Vegas today on the stage at the business session, which was fun. Um, yeah, I think we had a uh, had an Elvis impersonator he was, as well, right? Yes, he, 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 by the way, yeah. he was from Louisiana too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It might have been the same individual that, yeah. that missed his wake up yeah, call for the could have yes, Could have been. And it could have been he was practicing, but I don't think uh, so. I I think he lived, he owns that costume, so he didn't he win does. it. He, he does so own I the think costume. he's done this before. Yeah. Uh, Great. There's be Caesars, I think. It will be. It will be Caesars Palace. And uh, we'll have a lot of tours. We'll do, um, you know, the same thing with a few dinners and a celebration dinner, our gala, and then maybe an off-site event. Where we, we don't have everything built around it yet, but we do have some great ideas. One of the other thing that we haven't mentioned is that we also use national conventions to bring in some some notable guests. This year Absolutely. we had uh, had Archie Manning. He is he since the day the Saints drafted him, you know, people say, Oh poor Archie got drafted by the Saints. Well, you know, they talked about that first contract. Archie has never ever had to worry about money. He is, you know, he's a conservative kind of guy. He, you know, but he and his wife and the family, they are just 
They've adopted New Orleans. They've yeah. lived, lived in New Orleans. They've stayed in New Orleans. Great, great ambassador for the city. And, you know, and he tells some funny stories. I mean, those, uh, you know, I got hit on the head a lot. I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> he was very good. And, and they love sure him. loved him, didn't you know, they? They yeah. did. They did. Yeah. He, it was, you know, it, you know, he's a, he's a legend. Yeah. He's a legend for Ole Miss, and there's a lot of people, as you know, from the Memphis area that think you yeah, know, the I world grew up of- pretty close to Oxford. I, I won't say that I was necessarily a fan of the school that he attended, but I certainly, <laughs> I certainly have a lot of friends that are. So I went to the one, I went to the other school down yeah. there. Um, so we've talked about what all goes into a, a national convention. What are who are some of the sponsors, some of the supporters and partners that we need to talk about to give thanks to? In, oh in my this? gosh, well, let's FNBO, start, yeah, let's start with our credit card company and uh, yeah, the Loritzen family, FMBO, um, our credit card company. They are wonderful supporters of the convention. And the Rather Outdoors sponsored the fishing tournament. Mm-hmm. Um, Tabasco, Tabasco did the road kill cookoff and LAC. Louisiana seafood. Yeah. I yeah. mean, so. Uh, you know, just the Sheremays did the Bryant, they help with right. the carvers. I mean, to, to put together these we things, have, and, we and probably have 20 people who have helped us in one way or another. Well, it's been a great week. I want to offer my congratulations to each of you for a tremendously successful week. It, it was a long time getting to this point, a couple of cancellations. But we finally made it happen. And Mike, as you said, your expectations were high and we exceeded those. I, I would have to echo that sentiment. Patty, tremendous job on, on your part. All of your staff. It was flawless it was, from, from my eyes. Uh, thank you for everything that you've done that went into it. Any final words from either of you two? I want to thank Patty and her staff too. Elizabeth and Lindsay. We're outstanding. Well, and, I mean, and, and the other and, people we bring, and, from you, and you got a whole bunch too. of people yeah. back in there that right. were, you know, keeping well. And they're so good, keep track of my prizes. Yeah, <laughs> well, it's funny because as, as we're sitting here, I've gotten at least seventeen phone calls, text messages. <laughs> Where are you? What are you doing? <laughs> hey guys, I'll be here in a I'm busy. minute. I'm busy. I'm, I'm just relaxing. Be congratulated for a successful event. Yeah, and that's a good point. There are staff here that are responsible for a lot of behind-the-scenes stuff, Absolutely. the presentations, the audio-video that goes into all of the different media. Oh, the, 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 the people that were behind the stage yeah. that you, nobody saw. Yeah. I, know, I know Doug thanked them, you know, but, mm-hmm. you know, I was sitting back there with Joan and I said, you know, look at all that's going on. This was like a an NBC TV yeah, production. Right. Or, well, we you do. Know. We have a production company yeah, who it, comes with us, Graves it, Production. They've worked with us for over 25 years and they know us, you know, they know our program and... And they were great. Wonderful. They were great. They they put together my little speech on the fly on a phone. <laughs> I said, I can we can do this. I may I may go off script just a little bit. And I did. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta keep them on their toes. Patty, I know you have emails, text yeah. messages, phone calls to return. Mike, I'm sure you have a, a, a ton yourself. Uh, uh, my, my next thing is to get ready for the president's reception to make sure 4.30. Everybody gets over there. That's yeah. right, 4.30. Thank you all again for oh, taking the you. time out. To Thank you for a wonderful week. Thank you for taking time to join us here on the Ducks Unlimited podcast. I am honored to have been part of this week. It's been fantastic. Thanks, Mike. Thanks, Patty. Thank you. Thank you. A special thanks to our guest on today's episode, Mike Bench and Patty Kempka. We greatly appreciate everything that they did for this great week of national convention. As always, we thank our producer, Chris Isaac, for the great work he does. And we thank you, the listener, for joining us and for your support and commitment to wetlands and waterfowl conservation. 
Thank you for listening to this episode of the DU Podcast. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the show. And visit www.ducks.org slash dupodcast for resources based on today's topics, as well as access to more episodes. Opinions expressed by guests do not necessarily reflect those of Ducks Unlimited. Until next time, stay tuned to the Ducks. Stay tuned to the Ducks. You and your dog are a team. Fuel is best in the field and in life with Purina Pro Plan Sport. Made for hardworking dogs of all ages, every sport formula starts with real meat as the number one ingredient and is specifically formulated to support strength and stamina. Try it today and see why Pro Plan is the official dog food of Ducks Unlimited. Learn more at ProPlanSport.com.